0: This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you all. Try to have one of our A speakers up here when we have company, but uh, well, you're stuck with me. I think I'm going to be following a similar theme to how Kalen started us this morning, talking about just different seasons in the in life that we go through, different trials, experiences that we have that you know shapes us who we are, and ultimately how I think God wants us to be. I guess if I had to title today's lesson, it would be, Help My Unbelief. Help My Unbelief. You know, we got unbelief, we got life's trials, but most importantly, we have hope in him. You know, I had prepared uh, a lesson on peacemakers you know, we've been studying that for some time together, and I had uh, read another book on peacemaking through this, the same author of the series. And so it kind of just complemented well, and it was just a little bit richer. And, uh, you know, I don't know, just, just discussions that I've been having, things happening in my life, things happening in the lives of our families here. I just felt like this is an appropriate message today. So I hope that, um, that you're able to take something from this and uh, just ultimately be drawn closer to Him, our Father in Heaven. You know, this lesson is for the parents. Uh, We've got uh, a lot of families here, and this lesson is also for our young adults. Just thinking about where I know my guys are, uh, where I feel pretty certain a lot of our, our youth are, you know, when we, when we have struggles, when we wonder what's going on, you know. So I want to start, um, you know, I pray that this helps us recognize the purpose of these trials that we have in our lives. You know, these just happened. Did I do something wrong? What is it? I hope that after this lesson you see God's plan, maybe a little bit clearer. that ultimately our only refuge is Christ. Amen. I'm going to read this liturgy, that uh, this book of prayers that I have. And uh, boy, this one, I thought, it was, I thought it was something worth sharing. So I'm going to read that this morning. It's going to take a little time to read, but I hope you can follow along and uh, hear what this author was communicating and where he was. It's called Nights and Days of Doubt. I would that my heart was ever strong, O Lord, my faith always firm and unwavering, my thoughts unclouded, my devotion sincere and my vision clear. I would that I dwelt always in that state wherein my belief, my hope, my confidence were rooted and certain. I would that I could remain in those seasons, when assailing storms seem only to make faith stronger, providing or proving your presence, your providence. But it is not always so. There are those other moments, as now, when I cannot sense you near, cannot hear you, see you, touch you, times when fear, depression, or frustration overwhelm, and I find no help or consolation when the seawalls of my faith crumble and give way to inrushing tides of doubt. Have I believed in vain? Are your words true? They seem so distant to me now. Is your presence real? I cannot feel it. Do you love me? Are you indifferent to my grief? Under weight of such darkness, How can I remember the sunlight of your love as anything more than a child's dream? Under weight of such doubt, how can I still proclaim to my own heart with certainty that you are real? And so, Jesus, I do now the only thing I know to do. Here I drag my heavy heart again into the cleared and desolate space to see if you will meet me in my place of doubt. Even as you mercifully met your servant Thomas in his uncertainty, even as you once acted in compassionate response to a fearful father who desperately pleaded, I believe, Lord, help me with my unbelief. For where else but to you might I flee with my doubts? You alone have the words of eternal life. This I know to be true. My Lord and my God, you are not in the least angered by my doubts and my questions, for they are often been the very things that lead me to press closer into you. Seeking the comfort of your presence, seeking to understand the roots of my own confusion, so also use these present doubts for your purposes, O Lord, I offer them to you. Even as the patriarch Job made of his pain and confusion a petition, even as the psalmist again and again carried their cries, their questions, their laments to you, so would I be driven by my doubts to despair of my own strength and knowledge and righteousness and control, instead to seek your face, knowing that when I plead for proof, what I most need is your presence." In your presence, I can offer my questions, knowing that you are never threatened by my uncertainties. They do not change your truth. My doubts cannot unseat your promises. You are a rock, O oh, Christ. And your truth is a bulwark work that I might dash myself against. Until my strength is spent and I collapse at last in despair only to then feel the tenderness of your embrace. As you stoop to gather me to yourself, drawing me to your breast and cradling me there, where I find I am held again by a love that even my doubts cannot undo. O Lord, how many times have you graciously led me through doubt into a deeper faith, Do so again, my Lord and my God, even now. Do so again. You alone are strong enough to carry the weight of my troubled thoughts, even as you alone are strong enough to bear the burden of my sin and my guilt and my shame and my wounds and my brokenness. O Christ, let my doubts never compel me to hide my heart from you. Let them rather arise as questions to begin holy conversations. Invert these doubts, turning them into invitations to be present, to be honest, to seek you, to cry out to you, to bring my heart fully into the struggle rather than to seek to numb it. Let my doubts become invitations to wrestle with you through such dark nights of the soul as Jacob wrestled with the angel until the day breaks anew and I am afresh, wounded by your love, resting in your blessing of peace again in your presence. Now, O Lord, may the end of result of my doubt be a more precious and hard-wrung faith, resilient as the Methuselah tree, and a hope more present and evergreen, and a more tender and of mercy extended to others in their own seasons of doubting. So help me, my Lord and my God. I have no consolation but you. Meet me now in the eclipse shadow of my doubts. Lead me again into your light. Amen. I think I could probably end the lesson right there, you know. But I hope that kind of framed where I want to go this morning. That those doubts that we have. They don't have to separate us they draw us closer you may recall the story that I spoke to in that in that prayer from Mark 9 which is a father brought a boy his boy with unclean spirits who was throwing his son into convulsions when Jesus disciples attempt to help they were unsuccessful in casting out that unclean spirit in verse 22 of Mark 9 it says It has often thrown him both into the fire and into the water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity pity on us and help us. But Jesus said to him in verse 23, If you can, all things are possible for the one who believes. Verse 24, it says, Immediately the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe. Help my unbelief. When Jesus' disciples asked why they were not able to cast out the spirit, Jesus replied in verse 29, this kind cannot come out by anything except for prayer. I thought it was so appropriate with our prayer series recently led by Kalen and Brian and Clinton Dane. Perhaps like disciples, we also at times may resort to prayer as when we feel all our other wisdom fails. When in in fact, Jesus said, this is the only thing that'll do it, prayer. Do you ever feel like you struggle with unbelief in the face of crisis or at other times? I do. I think we all struggle with doubts of unbelief through times or seasons. I know it affects young people. Teen years can be especially difficult. Who am I is the question. Am I normal? Is there something wrong with me? Who is God? Does he hear me? What will my future be like? Maybe you have doubts about relationships. These doubts are, although absolutely normal, can feel so real and so heavy. They can cause us to act out and hurt the ones that we're closest to. I don't think it's any coincidence that those of us with the older teens right now are going through or have gone through serious struggles with relationships in our homes. It may be a result of someone crying out, Lord, help my unbelief. That leads me to talk about trials, trials that we go through. God uses trials. He really does. I'm reminded that just this weekend that life is full of trials. Luke got hurt this weekend Friday night. He's riding a scooter and fell, hit his mouth, his nose, his teeth. It's heart-wrenching to see your children in pain and to wonder what's the recovery? Are there going to be effects that last? I ask what is it that we strive for in life? What is that? What is it creating the expectations that as we go through our day to day life, what are our expectations? Perfect health, no medical conditions, no meds, fully functioning bodies, perfect teeth, hair, smooth skin, struggle free families no arguments or fights, or maybe it's enough money to buy a home, a car, retire at such and such an age, or buy my wife something, send my kids to college, or maybe it's perfect relationships with your spouse with no baggage and no scars. Are those our expectations from life here on earth? You know, there's nowhere in God's word that would create such expectations for us here. I think those are just things that we pile up on ourselves through some kind of image that we see or you know, just something that creates that. Maybe it's created by the world around us. You know, God, God's word starts with him as the Father and Creator of Adam and Eve. And what do they do? They send and our holy God was the greatest father that ever was. So if that's an expectation, God the Father is perfect and still his children sin. So when it comes to life's trials, baggage and scars, I'm reminded that this song, and maybe you've heard it, I like it, it's Toby Mack. And it's called Scars. And here's just a couple of verses, but I think it, really makes a lot of sense. It says, when life cuts so deep, try and remember, you're you're not alone. We've all been there. Scars come with living. So lift up your head. Lift your head. Lift your head to where your help comes from. Right? Lift it up because Christ is our rock. These trials are very real and take many forms. Spiritual struggles, physical pain of our loved ones can be overwhelming, a heavy weight, weakness in the knees, things that keep you up at night. Consume your thoughts. Those are real things. I feel pretty confident most all of us have gone through things just like that. But trials... Can be useful they draw us to him make us help us show mercy to others is an important thing about trials that we learn you talk about glass houses right you only live in a glass house so long when the children come you realize you don't have much figured out it helps us show mercy just like it says and Luke six thirty six, be merciful even as your father is merciful I'm reading a book called coddling the American mind it's by Greg uh, Lukanoff and Jonathan Haidt which works to explain what we are seeing today with our current generation especially in college campuses that's referred to as Gen Z okay so if you watch any news at all you're just like What is going on, okay? The authors set about refusing a myth that's often believed by Gen Z due to the way that they've been brought up. And that is, whatever doesn't kill you makes you weaker. Whatever doesn't kill you makes you weaker. And it's speaking to the fragility of children. Well, we as baby boomers, or Gen X, as the majority of us are, we would recognize this air. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, is the expression I think we're very familiar with. And let me talk about the truth of that. In fact, children are referred to as antifragile, strengthening, through life experiences. This book talks a lot about helicopter moms, talks a lot about safetyism. Okay, it's very interesting. Anti-fragility means getting stronger in the face of stressors, chaos, disorder, and uncertainty. Perhaps you've heard of the term work hardening. Anybody who's made knives or works in metal may have heard the term work hardening. Work hardening, according to Britannica, in metallurgy means to increase in hardness of a metal induced deliberately or accidentally by hammering, rolling, drawing, or other physical processes. Although the first few deformations imposed on metal by such treatment weaken it, its strength is increased by continued deformations. I think maybe several of us in here feel like, man, I should be like Superman now. (laughs) Or Superwoman. What I've been through. Right? You don't have to take my word for it. Because as it relates to God's children, God's word specifically speaks to this. There are so many verses... But I just thought these, i got a handful or more here that really speak to this when it comes to trials and when it comes to what God tells us is going to happen in our lives and why these things happen. God uses struggles to strengthen us. Let's start with James 1, verses 2 through 4. He says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. It's like when you're in the middle of one of those trials, it's like, why are you doing this to me, God, right? Don't you have that feeling? You know? God knows those things are going to happen. I'm not saying that he makes you go through that. But that's the world we live in. But he tells us in his word that you can get through this. That's shaping you. That's work-hardening each of us. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Doing all things may mean enduring all things, getting through all things. Romans 8.28 As we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. You know, sometimes in trials it's hard to see the good, but it may mean good for somebody else that we can help. Have you gone through a trial and in the middle of it you're like, this is too much. And you get on the other side and you look back and now you feel like, if I hadn't gone through this, I would not have been able to help this young family or this person. you wouldn't wish it upon anybody, but God had a purpose. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened or do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Have you felt alone in a trial? You're not. God tells us right there in his word. 1 Peter 5.10 says, After you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. That is reassuring. I have a few more here. Just to drive home this point about how God uses trials. John 16.13 I have said these things to you, that in me you have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus did not say, you may have tribulation. He said, you will have tribulation. Isaiah 41.10 says, fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. James 1, verse 12, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he has, will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. And finally, Paul writes to us in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, But again, as I say, there are so many more verses that you'll find this, this encouragement. That's what I pray, that these verses are an encouragement to you as you think about your trials. Paul tells us, he said, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, Paul says, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. To prepare ourselves and our children to have endurance for these trials and to recognize our Lord and our Savior as our rock, let us be diligent right now about packing in God's Word because God's Word is the only thing that bears fruit and saves us. Parents, don't give up. Just continue to pack in God's Word. It will not return void. Isaiah fifty-five eleven tells us that. It will not return void. Sometimes we're like, I need to see it soon, God. But it will not return void. Amen. So don't give up because there is hope. Hope our refuge. Don't look down. Lift your chin up. Chin up. Like Toby Mac says, Live your, lift your head to where your help comes from. Ephesians 1.8 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. So in times of trial, run to God, not away from God. I want to say this again to especially our our young people. Run to God, not away from God. And you can do that by praying, worshiping, spending time in His Word, and time with our believers, our brothers and sisters, fellowshipping. Tremendous encouragement comes from those because we're all in different seasons. We're all in, some on valleys, some in valleys, some on mountaintops. That's the beauty of the big family we have here. You know, with Luke's injury Friday night, it was hard to sleep. kept visualizing the accident. But what are my expectations for my children? Of course I don't want them to be hurt. God says, be fruitful and multiply. It's like, God, I kind of took that as, you know, have a big family. It's like there's just one of me, and each one of them gets hurt. That's a lot right? Because every one of them is precious. And that's like our big family here. The more you love, the more chance you have of being hurt. Does God want us to restrict our love? He says, love your neighbor as yourself. It's like, whew. That's why we don't look down when we're in those trials. So let us refuse to run from God, but rather run to him getting on our knees, praying, being in his word, worshiping together with our brothers and sisters, praying for each other's families, raising his names, lifting our hands and eyes towards him. I would tell, us, tell you young people, I can speak for sure that all moms and dads in here, we know what you're going through. Each of us has been there in one way or another. And we are all praying for you. We love you and we know that God loves you. So in summary, Lord, help us with our unbelief. Hold our hand through these trials here on earth and we thank you for the hope that we have to be with you in heaven with all the saints, our brothers and sisters. Jesus is our hope, In our rock. Place your complete trust in Him. Die to your old self and be brand new with Him. Thank you. We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71, Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479-647-2658. May God bless you.